Is there an order? Like, do you want to start with up first? Yeah. We'll go alphabetical, up, in, and out. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> That's not going to work. This is the Wonder and Welcome podcast. My name is Shannon. And I'm Seth. And uh, we're so glad to have you for this conversation on parenting and following Jesus. This episode, we are so excited to introduce to you two very special friends of ours, Brenda and Kurt McCutcheon. Woohoo! Yay! Applause, applause, applause. Can't you put applause in as a sound effect? So, you will have recognized Brenda and uh, Kurt's voice from a couple episodes ago. We uh, included audio from the Confluence 2023 Leadership Conference, the Parenting Seminar. Kurt and Brenda hosted that along with my parents, and uh, so we wanted to have a follow-up episode to talk about uh, more things. They have more wisdom to share with us. Yeah, and everybody at the conference, it was just after that session, they just said, more, we want more, we need more, and Kurt and Brenda and your parents said more, so here we are. So we first started hanging out with you guys. Um, I mean, we'd known you. Mm-hmm. Um Kurt, you were on staff at uh, Jubilee Church. I can't remember if I was on staff part-time at this point. Um, but I remember uh, we we had a free night. Someone had offered to watch our kids for us. And we thought, who would it be fun to go on a double date with? I think we had just had a date, like, recently. And so when the when we had childcare, we're like, well, we just had a date. Maybe we could do a double date. And it was like a Thursday night. And so it was like, we could go out tomorrow night so I was like, so we need to ask someone who doesn't have young kids so they don't have to arrange babysitting. Like that was part of the... Yeah, that's right. So we were like, you know who would be fun? Kurt and Brenda. Like, oh, that'd be so fun. To just for fun, to hang out. Great. Yes, yeah. ask them. And so I asked you, Kurt, and then do you remember what you said? Who's paying? <laughs> no, I didn't say that. I didn't say that. <laughs> no, I don't remember. Uh, you were like, is everything all right? And I was like, yeah, just, just for fun. <laughs> Cause I think you were, um, I mean, you guys are so helpful in, uh, kind of crisis situations. And so you'd been used to a lot of, Hey, we're helping people that need help. And we're like, no, just for fun. Yeah. Usually when people say, can we get with you guys tomorrow? It's not always yeah. for fun. Oh uh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, and then you went home and told Brenda and Brenda was like, are they okay? Is there right? <laughs> like, yeah, just for fun. And it was a blast. It was great. So it was much fun. fun. The beginning of many date nights with yes. the McCutcheons. Our kids think you're better friends with them than you are with us. Yeah, that's true. So t- tell us a little bit about your family. We have um, four kids. Plus, we lost our first baby um, at 27 weeks, uh, Hannah. But we've had four kids since then. They're all... Active Christians, we're so thankful they're serving God, they're in His church, they're serving people. And yeah. we also have added two, uh, a son-in-law and a daughter-in-law, Joe and Samantha, and they're all Christ followers as well. So it's been a blessing to have uh, four plus two around all the time, plus two grand dogs, and we've been married 40 years. <laughs> yeah! All right, so uh, one of the things... Uh, that was so helpful about the seminar you guys hosted was uh, these sort of three areas of focus um, to lead your family in uh, up connecting with um, connecting with God in connecting with one another and uh, out uh, serving others. And so uh, could you actually, I guess I just said them, but could you like give an overview of that again? Um, maybe for people who are jumping in new on this episode? That's basically it. I mean, just having those three avenues of relationships. We want to connect with God, all of us as a family, and and we often engage our kids personally, relationally, which is the biggest part of our lives is challenging, and, and we want to be outward-looking. Um, like the church is supposed to be outward-looking. Our family needs to be beyond ourselves. Some, some families kind of hunker down. We're our, we're our closed-in oasis that we kind of protect our bubble we want to continue to stretch ourselves to be beyond that and be serving others together and individually. Well, I think when I think of 
when I think of up, what I hear most parents tell me is like, I just don't want to mess up my kids. Hmm. When I when I have thought about that, it's really like we influence our kids out of who we are. And that's not that's not something to be more make you more afraid, <laughs> but actually an invitation for God to heal your own heart. So when we think about being up, we truly do love because he first loved us. So if we want to love our kids well, mm-hmm. then how are we being loved? Like, how are we allowing the Father to love us in a way that grounds us, that makes us be able to look at the insecurities and wounds in our own heart and know that He's a safe place for those to be healed and be honest about them? And then really living in the, the belief that we are the beloved sons and daughters ourselves. Hmm. Um, I actually had a conversation with somebody and they were saying they really were struggling in their relationship with their kids. And they had a moment where they just kind of sat with God and felt God say, I am so proud of you. And it just broke something in her because she felt like, you know, she had been a disappointment. She wasn't doing mothering well. She wasn't doing wifing well. She wasn't doing God well. <laughs> um, and she said that after that, she noticed that she had this something in her that she was beginning to speak like, I'm so proud of you to her kids. Um, so out of that relationship with the father she was actually had more of uh, depth and insight to speak into her kids lives as well so i think along with with that just um i mean god actually is at work in our family uh, with one anothering so it's like i expect god to use my kids with me teaching me things about himself and about mm-hmm. myself and obviously marriage is one layer of accountability and growth we stir each other up toward love and good deeds or we stir each other up towards painful anger and um, <laughs> stir each other yeah. other things up yeah there's all the dynamics that reveal our heart and um and god uses those things i think uh particular this is not a good story in the sense of uh, it was an air i was living in um that God used my uh, daughter to uh, and myself to kind of see where my heart was off was in my parenting was um, at one season of our life, uh, one of our daughters, um, Alyssa, had eating disorder for about seven years. And um, at the same time, uh, one of the leader church pastors, I'm a pastor, um, another guy and I went to Seattle to a training uh, week about how to help uh have help groups for for people with challenges and difficulties and so during we did we did the group ourselves and during the week i was with some other leaders and talking about some of my struggles personally and being vulnerable about my daughter who has an eating disorder this and that throughout the week and that's about the last day um one of the guys in the group said what's your daughter's name uh and i said Alyssa, and she goes well you've never used her name you've always used my daughter with an eating disorder I identified her as a hmm. as an issue, as a as a challenge, as a, a difficulty in my life, as opposed to a person. It was very convicting, and and God can use those those difficult things in our lives to really reveal our hearts and how um, unaware we are of how we're coming across or how we're living. So I'm just so grateful that hmm. obviously I need a lot of sanctification. I've got a wife plus four kids, so I need a lot of <laughs> sanctification to the. <laughs> my selfishness out of my system but um that's just an example god can use our family to to grow us closer to him and realize his heart for us as well i don't know i may have shared this in the the parenting seminar but my one of my stories was with my youngest son in a situation where he had done something like minor and i overreacted because i was not having a good day i was like, um, I was angry about other things, frustrated, and he did something, and I just responded out of that to him. And it was completely inappropriate for what he had done. And um, in the middle of me, like, yelling at him, really, he said, he just said, 
mom, I think you need a hug. What? He, came over, he came over to me and oh, just man. gave me a hug. Hmm. And there, it was one of those moments where it was like God said, this is what grace feels like. That was so undeserved. I was in the wrong. Yeah. He was he was getting a punishment he did not deserve. Wow. But he turned it around to to bless me and give me grace that I didn't deserve. And that that probably was a pivotal moment for me in my walk with God as far as like this is what grace feels like. Because it's hard. You do, it's too good to be true, really. Like within our relationship with God, we feel like, I know he loves me in my head, but man, it's hard to really believe he loves me like that. Hmm. Or that grace, hmm. that kind of grace. You just don't see that anywhere in yeah. the world. Yeah. So really being able to, when you really are able to like receive grace, then that's, that's where yeah. you're able to give grace. Hmm. Families need lots of grace. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It's interesting because I was about to, I was initially going to ask the question, how do you, because at the beginning, Brenda, you were talking about, hey, we need to have our relationship with God. That needs to be a connection so that our kids can see our example. And so I was about to ask, like, how do you make time for that in and amongst the busyness? But the stories I'm hearing are like, you're interacting with God through interacting with your kids. Like, it's not sort of. Oh, I've got to, I've got to go away and get my God time. And then I can have my kid time. It's like God's, he's speaking to you through, through your kids. It's like mixed in with all of it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and especially like, that's one thing you hear a lot of moms, especially of young kids. It's like, I want to have time with God, but I'm lucky if I get to shower by myself. So. And then they end up feeling guilty about that. But all of us, you know, that have kids, we can think of moments where, like, we're interacting with our kid and really seeing God's heart, Hmm. like, in some measure. But so, yeah, if you if you wait, (laughs) especially in certain seasons, you, you end up not interacting with God much at all. The other thing about just God stuff, I think, in family life would be is realizing that we, I mean, parents are the primary avenue God's going to use to train up our kids and we're responsible. But I very much believe in the local church and hmm. our kids are always around and we need others. To, the older and older they get, the more they're going to look for others to influence them towards God or away from God. And I think the church has always been a blessing. I and mean, all of our kids, we have big summer celebration camps and, and youth camps and those kind of things. And all of our kids met God and found friends that were stirring them on towards loving God. It was beyond us. And we should mm-hmm. engage God in that community life because he's going to show up for them beyond us yeah. in ways we need as parents to God. You, you're going to leave because our kids, like, like I think your parents said the last one of the podcasts was they're, they're only here for a while. They're not, they're not ours. They belong to God. So mm-hmm. just keeping your eyes and ears open for, all the ways God's interacting in their lives and encouraging that. Yeah. Was that something you encouraged your kids in or that it was just sort of natural with the community you were a part of? How do you remember any specifics about that? Well, we, we um, just lived our lives that way. That was our values. That was my and Brenda's and I's heart is we're going to seek God first in his kingdom and everything else is going to be added to us. So we, it wasn't a choice. We're going to go to church. I mean, some kids feel like, oh, it's an oppressive, but we just, this is who we are. We try to express the joy and the life of it, not a, a burden and a, we have to go to church, but this is exciting. What's God going to do today? Kind of a thing. Hmm. Um, not every week, but it's just like, that's what we do. This is who God is. And your kids are watching you above everything else, especially the young, young years. What's important to mom and dad is important to me, yeah. you know, and they have to make their own decision. But we didn't, we said we actually limited their participation in school or sports or whatever it was to, I mean, youth camp's going to be a priority. I mean, um, church is going to be a priority. You have youth group every week. That's kind of a set thing in, our, in their schedules. And they, and they told us that that was not a burden. It was 
something they wanted to do. Um, so, especially as a pastor's kid, it's like, oh, we feel this pride. But it was it was organic with them. They just saw that it was a real thing. We didn't do it perfectly. But right. Yeah, that's what I don't want do to. I don't want to confuse anybody and make them think that we. <laughs> yeah, there was not, it wasn't a perfect flow, but yeah. the big picture was it turned out with God's grace to them to find their own way. As they got older, I'm curious what things you did, by, both in your example, but then also maybe with teaching them things that we might consider spiritual disciplines like reading their Bible how to study the Bible. Um, did you do anything like that specifically, or was that things that they you know, went to mentors for as a teenager, or how did they learn to do that and take ownership of it? Well, we interviewed our kids for that parenting seminar, what's the truth about what it was like, what was it good and bad, and they were honest. And for the most part, they referenced um, my activity in ministry stuff, but they referenced mom's worship and prayer and Bible reading. They saw her doing that regularly. Hmm. But that was kind of, again, it was my, they were just watching us. We didn't, we read a few devotional books at dinner time. But we weren't really big into, we always pray with them at bedtime and those kind of things. Those mm-hmm. habits we did. Um, and they would, they would do some of their own things. And then we, and we read, we read the Bible with picture Bibles and those kind of things and tried to encourage them to, we ask them what the children's church message was about and talk with them about what they were learning and, it was more of a dialogue conversation of what's what's God been saying to you and we didn't get too structured did we no in fact I, like I hear like you guys and, and other young families we are that do that. so so well at like making that a part of like devotionals and reading or even like the the Lent thing that I've heard people doing now mm. where you, you know you, you have something every night you're washing your, each other's feet like those are those are so phenomenal, but I think I think you know obviously if you could go back you do some things differently, but I think the thing that your relationship with God and your kids is a thousand conversations over mm. eighteen years, and I know for little moments yeah not, not big moments for moments. me it was like if I like when I I would try to encourage my children to garden with me <laughs> which was like torment for them but one of my sons actually he he had showed kindness toward me and so while we were gardening like there was there's so many examples of god and how he works with us and weeds our hearts and nourishes us you know to help us grow there's so many examples so you know just having conversations about how God and gardening are similar or, hmm. you know, just what you're doing with them anyway, hmm. like just because God is, God is our life. So it's hopefully will come out in conversations. Yeah. Not that the structure isn't good as well, but they need to hmm. see that you take him seriously. <laughs> I think again. Let's talk about my selfishness for a minute. Sure. Throughout my parenting years, such as therapy with Seth and Shannon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, as as a dad, you come home at night tired or busy or whatever. You know, you wanting to get your own time or whatever. But yeah. I think the main thing in parenting was trying to be aware of every opportunity you get, where they are going to talk, they are going to open up. There are routines like bedtime where you can, you know, settle or, or dinner times. We always try to gather dinner, like I said, in the seminar. Those are moments of just connecting and asking them, what, how's life going? What's your up? What's your down? And let's pray for each other. Christmas time, so we talked about all those things, routines like that. Mm-hmm. But I would also see kids as inconveniences or in the way of my agenda, you know, which was the, which was the sinful, selfish, you know, you're kind of in the way of what I want to do tonight. You know, so I'd be short or abrupt and needed to repent and apologize sometime. Or Brenda would tell me, hey, you're, you know, you're missing it. Hmm. Anyway, I think making the most of those opportunities uh, and, and paying attention to them. One of the things that there's a, it's called attachment theory. And it talks about how we learn to relate by how we were related to you hmm. growing up. So um, one of the things that talks about secure attachment is consistent positive interactions. 
Um, and that works with our relationship with God. Mm-hmm. If you think about how many times a day do you have a positive interaction with God, hmm. where you're feeling loved by Him, where you're feeling the joy of the Lord, like in the same way with your kids, like how many positive interactions yeah. are you having on a daily basis with your kids intentionally? Because um, I, I know for us, and when we talk to our oldest daughter, what we saw as training, she saw as criticism. And so to this day really struggles with, um, can feel that not acceptance or, um, so that, that was a a miss on our part to be able to like, make sure that we're having those positive, um, affirming, um, interactions with our kids, whether, and, and play is how kids learn. So, and that was something, it was hard for me to sit and play with my kids because there's so much else there has to be done. Like <laughs> there is like mounds of laundry and um, just, there's always something else. So just to sit and play hmm. is really not, wasn't like my favorite <laughs> thing to do. Yeah. But when we talk to our kids and the things they remember, it's not the big trips. Like it really is like moments I didn't even remember. Wow. But, a, a gift of a little tiger I gave to one of our kids because it was like I had remembered he said something about that. Mm-hmm. And just the fact that I had listened and heard him and responded, but it I didn't even think anything about it. Wow. So anyway, just being present and actually hearing, like no letting just like we want to be heard, our kids want to be heard as well. Yeah, I think I mean, being in is like engaging with your kids, knowing them, asking them what they're thinking. And as they get older and older, it's more and more fun to feel like, what are your thoughts and what are your, hmm. you know, what's what's going on in your life and laughing with what they're laughing at. But I think one book Brenda read was like, do you know the names of all your kids' friends? You know, hmm. you know, what, you, I mean, those are challenging. Being engaged in their world, not just my world, um, was something we did did well sometimes and did poorly sometimes. I think just being aware, I think one time as a parent, to kind of engage with uh, your kids means pain as well. I mean, you ache for your kids when they have negative experiences in life. Hmm. You want to protect them from it almost, and they and they need to experience that pain. And hmm. I remember once um, I was downstairs, and we lived in St. Joe at the time, and I was really weeping and crying and mad because um, my oldest daughter had been... I don't know, left out of a party or rejected somehow in a friendship, was being excluded from some kind of a thing. And I was like crying over it and mad and punching the couch and you know, knees, praying and you know, asking God to help me and change this and blah blah blah. But you carry those things as a parent. I mean you when you get engaged and you you're gonna carry the joys and the and the sorrows. And they and they probably hopefully sometimes they're never gonna see some of that stuff, mm-hmm. but you carry that with you if you're really engaged with them. Hmm. And I think another big family value we had around dinner time and other things is we just had fun. We just enjoyed yeah. being silly and squirrely and doing silly games and making bringing people over and embarrassing our friends in front of them. They saw us being fun. I mean, we made family life fun. So that's engaging with our kids and bringing them life and encouragement they were like you know my parents are tolerable that's the goal our parents are tolerable <laughs> well i think actually you've hit on something here because when you were talking about that upward relationship with god like you said our kids need to see that we take him seriously that we take following jesus seriously and then for this inward it's like you within your family you don't take yourselves that seriously like you're serious about your relationship with God and following him, but your yourselves and within your family, there's a place for silliness and for fun. And I think that that's right it's on mental, both sides. Yeah. It's mental health. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, it's so true. Laughter is really good medicine. Mm-hmm. It, I was thinking, Brenda, when you were saying how hard it was to sit and play. I was like, that's kind of surprising because I've seen you sit and and I get, you know, when you're in your own house and you have your own chores, it's different. But just seeing you sit and play with our kids, seeing pictures of your guys's family time. I mean, I was thinking of that 
the Christmas, uh, the onesie costumes that you guys all have. pajamas. Maybe, maybe you could send us one of those and we could like post it in the show notes or something. (laughs) Just so much. I just, I see pictures of you and your kids and I think, oh my goodness, they must have so much fun. I just, Mm -hmm. maybe I get to see, I see the highlights, but. uh, She was talking about video games, which is not, I know a whole other story. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) yeah. Uh, So it wasn't like Barbies and Legos that you had trouble sitting for. No, no, Barbies was a that was a killer for me. Legos was okay. Building stuff that was I could do that, but there were just certain things that the kids loved to do that I was like, mm. I am choosing to do this, but <laughs> there's nothing in me that wants to do it. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. I think the other thing about engaging was. Brenda worked part time uh, mm. throughout our childhood, growing up. The childhood, not, not up. my childhood, <laughs> <laughs> the childhood of your children Just before child labor laws. <laughs> hey, child, child yeah, yeah. No, um, which required me as a dad to be more hands on mm. at times, certain days of the week, to be present and active and doing the, all the chores and stuff. Mm. Which one made me appreciate and love Brenda more, um, <laughs> realizing how much. But also, it, it, it forced me, quote unquote, to engage with my children in a way that I needed it. I mean, hmm. you know, guys get task oriented in ministry or career and other things they need to deal yeah. with, um, providing for the family, quote unquote, when I needed to just be with the family. Hmm. You know, so it, yeah. it was a good to, good to be schedule wise engaging with that. Whatever it takes for fathers to be fully engaged with their kids is going to help. So. Well, and even for moms, like I knew I would feel guilty because I, we had church responsibilities. I worked part-time. So when I was away, I felt guilty about being away. Um, But when the mom's in the house, the kids, for the most part, would tend to gravitate toward the mom, um, Mm -hmm. toward me. And uh, so having, knowing that me being out of the picture was actually a healthy thing because it, kind of forced the connection because he was Mm -hmm. gone obviously more than than i was around more so yeah force that interaction that force sounds like a bad word but (laughs) but it it really was like a connecting point which i'm glad now yeah yeah what what ages were that was it kind of all throughout the ages or kind of at certain points um yeah i throughout Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I was, well, Pretty maybe much. not when Jenny was a baby baby. No, but even then, there were different reasons. I Like, I had to work part-time mm-hmm. for most of... Growing up years. Yeah, I guess it really was. Yeah. And once we moved to St. Joe, Alyssa was six months when I had to go back to work. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I only worked a couple of days a week, but... Sometimes they were 12-hour shifts, so... Oh, yeah. It's nursing, <laughs> but, is that right? Right, yeah. 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 Well, one, speaking of that, as far as years and time frame, is one thing I, I didn't mention in the seminar I wanted to kind of help parents mm. be aware of is seasons of parenting. Mm. Yeah. Your first years of, of, you know, through elementary at least, if not up through preteen, is like, you're the caregiver. You're the one providing. You're the one. This is the way it's going to be. I'm teaching. I'm instructing. I'm, you know, I'm protecting. I'm I'm in charge. I'm trying to. I'm managing your life in a lot of ways for you. Hmm. And then the second phase, you know, is I don't know if these are technical or not from places I read, but you're more of a coach, especially hmm. in teenage years, where they're on the field more. They're making their own decisions. They've got more freedom to do once they start driving. Uh, yeah. You know, they've got independence. And so you're slowly shifting into helping them make their own decisions. If you keep on trying to give them their decisions, that doesn't go well in teenage years. And so you've got to switch gears and and uh, help them with their choices, listen to them, respect their opinions. You know, maybe you have to disagree and, and, and be the, no, we're not going to do it that you have to be home by this time or whatever. But you are instructing and preparing them, equipping them for life. And you've got to learn to let go of some stuff and give them the, even when they fall and stumble, you've got to let them stumble to, to learn. And it's hard, but that coaching is important. And then finally, when they're leaving the house, you are 
how they get married finally or whatever. It's like you are a consultant more. You're not, you're a cheerleader. You're available as needed. Hmm. Yeah. If you continue to insert yourself, that's unhealthy in-lawness. And, you know, it's, <laughs> you're called upon you. And you can, if you see, I think when I've, at this stage of life where I've seen, I may have a concern all, or not even a concern, just get with it and say, how's it going? And maybe insert, uh, well, let me, I think, have you ever thought, asked a lot of questions and maybe insert your opinion or your advice hmm. through various ways of just, have you ever thought about this? Or what would you say? How, what would this perspective look like if you tried that? Or But you don't overly kill. Mm-hmm. You've got to pull and pull away more. The older they get, the more and more you're on a sideline encouragement role. Mm. That's the goal anyway. Yeah. yeah. I think there's what we wish we would have done better, because especially in this society, perfectionism is such a rampant, like everybody seems to struggle with it in comparison. Um, we had... Yeah. Unfortunately, read a book later, <laughs> but just talking about celebrating failures, hmm. like like failing, uh, use the acronym is your first attempt in learning. Hmm. So if, hmm. if you want if you want to learn, you have to be ready to fail, um, and that really that's a a point of celebration because one you were brave enough to risk something. Yeah, you're on a journey of learning, hmm. and it. it it takes that, like if you like read all these biographies, like people fail and fail and fail, and then they invent the light bulb or survival <laughs> mm-hmm. happens. Yeah, or yeah. you know something significant. But just teaching kids that it's okay to risk, and even in our highs and lows at the dinner table, like celebrating the lows in some ways for good try, yeah, good try, right, and the character that it builds as well and compassion like the things that we fail in that we struggle in really build compassion um too so and there's one thing that i do want to say real quick go ahead no he was talking about like releasing your kids as you get most terrifying thing in the world is training your kids how to drive a car it's it's worse than potty training Oh, gosh. <laughs> Just kidding. I, I can see how that would definitely be. The consequences are higher if there's an accident yeah. in a car versus an accident on the living room floor. If there was a uh, thousand pound vehicle headed towards your kid on the potty. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that is a funny mental picture. Brenda, Brenda needed potty training while she was in the passenger. <laughs> Put a plug in for depends for all parents. That mm-hmm. <laughs> it, just, it just dawned on me. We have a year and a half and then we will be there. That will be the season oldest. that we're in. Mm-hmm. So this is the time that I you like need it. to really increase your trust in God. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And increase our car insurance budget. Yes. Yeah. money for car insurance. Oh, that will happen anyway. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, there was, there was one dad who... I think on a regular basis, made their kids go around, okay, what did you fail at this week? Mm. He was like, hopefully you're trying new things. You're Mm -hmm. taking risks. I'm curious if that dad also had things that he'd tried and failed that he shared. Like, what did I fail at this week? Or if it was, um, I feel like I fail at things most weeks. So I could, we could do that. We should kick that off. I kind of, yeah, I like that idea. Mm -hmm. It'd be fun to try sometime at dinner. Mm -hmm. Question Uh, for, go ahead, Brenda. No, I was going to say it definitely connects you with your kids. Mm. Like mm-hmm. if your kids actually like see you fail and how you handle failure, such a great learning tool for them as well. And it shows them that it's okay. Mm-hmm. Mom and dad aren't perfect. When they get old enough, they'll just tell you when you fail. <laughs> I'll just point it right out for you. <laughs> that, that, was that, that was a lousy attempt. We laugh, but uh, that would be better than them not, not talking to us at all. Yeah, so. absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And being humble enough to receive it from them. Right. Yeah. yeah. I hope. As long as the kids are sharing with you, you're winning. Yeah. What were uh, what were some thoughts you guys had on out? How did you um, how did you serve others through the life of your family? Um, I think one thing that we 
that that was it's definitely I think I shared in the, in the seminar too the family um, on holidays kind of holidays are kind of like the family moment we're going to have our family time and mm-hmm. and um, particularly Thanksgiving and Christmas were big deal. even Easter this Easter we did the same thing but we learned um, over time to at least I did that Brenda was always a generous person that well not always. <laughs> <laughs> she frequently a more generous than me. Yeah. But we learned that uh, we could have our family time like Christmas morning, but then in the afternoon we would have people over that didn't have a place to hmm. so they could join us for dinner and join us for lunch and then play games and watch a movie or do whatever. Yeah. And our kids saw us serving others and they were and they were part of it. Yeah. You know, and we learned to give up you know, this oasis, it's our, our family time. Hmm. Now your family, your home's got to be an oasis as well for your family. I mean, there's a good balance of your boundaries. Mm-hmm. And this is our oasis for, for us to have our nurturing, intimate connection time. But opening up your home for hospitality really teaches the kids that life's not about us. It's yeah. about the bigger world. So that's one thing that we, um, I think we learned to do fairly well. Hmm. There's two there's two other things I can think of. One is um and part of this is because we're a, a part of the family of churches, but we would host people. Like when they would come into town, they would stay in our homes. And all of our kids would say that gave them a bigger picture of what God's doing around the world. Hmm. It's not just our small, you know, it's just not just our church, but and that they're real people. Like yeah. I mean, <laughs> mm-hmm. The the leaders that they see talking in front or, you yeah. know, encountering in different ways, like mm-hmm. having that conversation on our couch with them, really. And and those people were so gracious to our kids. Like yeah. they talked yeah. to them and made them a part so that our kids began to feel like when people are coming over like that, like we're part of hosting. Mm-hmm. Like it, they're here to for our family, like to be a part of our family for you know, the night or the weekend or whatever. Yeah. So that was kind of neat to see that they all talk about how much they loved having other people from other places, Mexico, mm-hmm. all across the States stay with us. Um, but the other thing without that, I wish we would have done better was you'll see like gifts that God's given your kids. Like Wesley, this is one yeah. I particularly remember from when he was little at a heart for the homeless hmm. And we like we did go to like a homeless shelter and he was part of helping serve a meal. And but I wish we would have been like more intentional and letting him grow in that. Hmm. Uh, He did. He does and is like more now as he's adult and out. Um, But being able to recognize like what what are my kids hearts drawn towards? Like what does God put in my kid to uh, that they feel like a, a bit of a passion for, or even just sometimes it's just a thought, but um, how can I encourage that if they like, like in that case, I wish we would have done more like partnering with a homeless shelter for on a regular basis or, um, you know, I don't know, something like that, but just really another way of tuning into your kids and, not waiting like they don't have to wait till they're grown up to do the work that God's called them to do. It's where the where the church helps too, because you know, church always has outreach activities or projects and I think our kids once in a while would go with us and they they might not be happy to go out on a Saturday morning and do some new project, but they're out there and actually they come home feeling better. Like we did something today that made a difference. You know, yeah. they learned giving is a is a joy as well. Yeah. Um, so just, I think the other thing that, that again, it kind of goes back to the up part too, but we made some particular decisions as a family that cost them a lot. We were moved a couple of times to be in different churches and serve God and they saw us obeying. Um, and I think them learning to hear God and, and encourage them to obey what God tells them to do, uh, in ways of caring for other people. And they learned to kind of think, how do I serve this friend of mine in school or they may talk to us about that and ways we could so it, again it was the organic little moments that they could kind of share that they learned that it's important to pay attention to other people 
and we try to encourage him that way. To, what do you think God might have you do? Or hmm. it wasn't again not perfect. We would miss a lot of those things, but once in a while, those moments were treasures. Yeah, yeah, I do. I do think there is something too. Like our family goes to clean the church. You know, it's like it's our family responsibility to, mm. to do some of the chores in the house of God, just like you do the chores in the McCutcheon household. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. but we do it as a, a a family instead of like mom and dad are going to do this. Now you can't do everything, but there are a lot of things that. I, there's some things where you, we've done where you just go help a family clean up their yard or, mm-hmm. um, yeah. but there's something really bonding about doing that stuff as a family. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, that's where youth groups in the teenage years, I mean, socially conscious, they, they, the groups are doing it. They learned that the community is taking them out mm-hmm. on their own. So it's not just up to us to create those things. Now, Brenda, you've, you've, you've hinted on this a few times throughout things that you've said. Uh, could you share a bit more about just the need for us to see ourselves as being parented by God? Like as we are parenting. Well, I think, I think we all know that we don't feel like well-equipped for the most important job in the world. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so even just like that example of the lady that felt God say that he was proud of her, like, I think, I think our souls are thirsty and, and there's a lot of people that don't have like nurturing moms or dads or just have different, you know, parents that did the best they could, but Mm -hmm. really find themselves feeling that hunger for, gosh, I just... I just would would love, you know, somebody to come and put their arm around me and say, hey, good job. Or I see you. And that that is something that I feel like, one, if we really if we read the Bible looking for that, like, Father, speak to me today. Like what? How do you see me? Mm -hmm. What is your heart toward me? Like, I I want to see who my father is and, and really the scripture is powerful. I think sometimes we we don't really realize the power that it can have to heal our hearts um, and let the Father speak to us through through the Word, but also just really moments of just sitting quietly. I know that's super hard to do, <laughs> and a million yeah. things come into your mind when you do that, but yeah. But we get so busy and so distracted that, but it is true that our father is always wanting to speak to us and always wanting to hear our voice, you Mm. know, wanting, um, I was reading something today uh, in Colossians, it's, it talked about, um, praying, he, Paul was praying for the church that he would have a complete knowledge of the will of God that he would have spiritual wisdom and understanding. Hmm. And that if he did that, then he would, that we, if if we allow God to to minister to us in that way and teach us his will and speak to us, and that we will produce good fruit and that our lives would be pleasing and honoring to God hmm. and that we'll grow as we get to know him better. So, and the, and the thing that we want, like, I, I want my kids to know the Father. I want them to know Jesus as the one who yeah. loves them more than we do. Yes. And it is always there. Um, so, anytime that we can, like, really look for God in every moment, of, and I mean, not obviously every moment, but really every day, like, um, being aware of His presence. Mm-hmm that he's with us he shows up. is a, a powerful comfort as a parent. Like, I don't think we realize how um, the Holy Spirit's there for us to parent as well. Mm-hmm. He can speak to us about things that we don't know about our kids, mm-hmm. but he does. Yes. But he can also speak to our hearts about things that we don't know. Mm-hmm. He can bring to, to mind like, Things that we've forgotten but are still influencing us today. Yeah. Um, to mm-hmm. bring up the heel. So 
I don't know if that answers your question, but man, the Holy Spirit's a great teacher and he's so kind. So the more like we can kind of lean into him for ourselves as well as just for knowing our kids and how how to do this hard job. (laughs) I just want to chime in real quick because I feel left out. (laughs) (laughs) I just my one of my heroes is Paul Tripp. the counselor writer and he said in his parenting book that God doesn't call you to be a parent because you're able. Hmm. Exactly. And then and just I think as a perfectionistic hmm. type person who wants to not make a mistake, you put so much pressure on yourself as a parent hmm. to be the expert, to have the right answer, to do the right the right thing all the hundred percent of the time. And yeah. and if anybody kid even corrects you, it's like you have to defend your role or something. I mean it's like you get very insecure sometimes as well and it's like you don't you can you're going to make mistakes mm-hmm. and it's such a the grace is god's grace is so freeing in parenting yeah to live in that and be humble enough to apologize to your kids when you make mistakes and laugh at your mistakes and mm-hmm. receive their uh correction whether they know they've done it or not but sharing life and them see that you're you're trying to pursue god out of his grace i think paul tripp's book um, instruments in the redeemer's hands I love the subtitle that says, talking about people wanting to help people. Um, instruments, and in it says, um, um, people in need of change, helping people in need of change. Mm. And kids need to be changed and grow That's up good. and mature. But we're being changed all along the way while we're doing it. So yeah. I, I live with that more and more freedom to just be who I am and, you know, problems and all. And yet God's at work and yeah, he can use you. Yeah. Yeah. So good. One quick recommendation: This podcast is brought to you by Paul Tripp. <laughs> his, his parenting book is pretty good, so I would recommend his parenting book. It's just called Parenting. Oh, nice! There you go. <laughs> parenting, yeah. Paul parenting. Tripp. I'll, Paul uh, Tripp. I'll put the link in the uh, in the notes. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Well, it has been it's been a huge privilege. Um, I was I was going to say talking but just i think seeing getting the chance to be friends with you guys seeing getting an inside peek into your family uh, being welcomed into your house having you and our house and how you love on our kids and um it's great yeah so good uh i'm so grateful for your guys example your hearts for jesus and for family and for community and we are, our family is immeasurably better because of you McCutcheons. Well, the Hines are doing a pretty good job, too, of raising their kids up. We're, we're still in the middle of it. So. It's a happy mess. We're enjoying yeah. it. We're enjoying it. One thing I just have to jump back and say, Brenda, I'm thinking about what you said earlier about attachment and, you know, positive interactions and all that. And then that story that you said about when Wes as you were upset with him in the middle of it, just said, I think you need a hug. And I just wonder how many times he'd experienced that same thing when he would been losing his mind or upset and all that. And that the two of you had shown grace to him and acceptance and pulled him close rather than pushing him away. And then you got to experience the same thing back through the positive example and pouring out. Then he was able to do that back. And I just, I feel like your parenting within your family, but then also your encouragement to those of us who are still actively parenting children in our home will bear fruit for yeah. generations to come. So we're really thankful. Yeah, that that is our hope, mm-hmm. <laughs> that that would be the legacy we would leave. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. But I do feel like, too, like I think sometimes people are looking for like older examples which is good um but even like i think about our relationship with you guys we could be your parents we're old enough (laughs) we are the age of your parents (laughs) but yet we're also genuinely friends with you guys yeah yeah i've learned i've learned from you guys you know as well i mean it's definitely definitely a a mutual thing and i think sometimes we just need to encourage like people around you it doesn't have to be a certain age, yeah. but mm-hmm. there are people around that you can receive encouragement from and be encouragement to whatever stage yeah. of mm-hmm. life you're in. Mm-hmm. And it's such a treasure. Yeah. 
All right. So at the end of every episode, we share a quote from the Hein family quote board. And Kurt and Brenda have many quotes on our quote board over the years. They've been well represented, I think, as they have visited our house. (laughs) Yes. We don't really filter what comes out of our mouth. That's true. Although we do, we do slightly filter what goes on our quote board every, every now and then. We mm. even, even as Heinz have limits. Yes, yes. And normally at the end of our podcast episodes, we say a quote, something funny that our one of our kids have said. Uh, but we're making an exception to quote Brenda, and <laughs> she was visiting um, probably about 2016 or so, and and the game of. What is the video game? Help me. Halo. Oh, yes. Halo. Topic of video games and Halo came up and Brenda said, oh, it's easier to kill people in real life than it is in Halo. Still one of my favorite quotes. And there was just silence. It's like, what did you say? How would you, how would you know? We locked our door that night like, when okay. they spent the night. All right. They're, yeah. they're in the guest room. Lock our doors. Yeah. Brenda Actually, says that's easy. <laughs> terrifying thing for a nurse to say. <laughs> oh, gosh, no kidding. Yeah. But also, it was just an indication of how bad I was at Halo. I just stood in the corner and just kept running into the corner. <laughs> but you were sitting and playing with your son, so Trying points to play for that. Your son. So. Mm-hmm. A for effort. I wonder if we could ask these guys to just pray for Ooh, those yeah. who are actively yeah, raising kids. Yeah, love to end with a word of prayer. Lord, thank you for the uh, joy of knowing you as our Father mm-hmm. and the patience and the love you have for us. Help us to be that with, with our own families. Mm-hmm. Uh, we do ask for wisdom. We lack it as parents. But uh, thank you that you give us wisdom and you are there for us. And I pray that to be the yes. case for every parent that's listening in, that they would feel the joy and the love of you singing over them yes. and encouraging them to say, go on, you're doing well, and we can do this together. And just pray for those um, expectations of you to show up in life and pay, help us to love our kids well in mm-hmm. little things, in the little things of life. Yeah. yeah, I just really want to pray for those that are feeling discouraged or just feeling the lack, like I don't know what I'm doing. Um, just really want to pray just a, just a blessing of peace over, over them just the the sense of knowing that their God sees them, knows them, is with them, Mm -hmm. and that really they lack nothing because of that. Mm -hmm. So God, I just really pray uh, just a blessing of peace over parents, a blessing of grace, Mm -hmm. that they would have grace, receive the grace God has for them, and Mm -hmm. really be able to, to live in knowing that, that their God is big. Mm-hmm. And that he's with them. So, Father, I just pray that they would know that they're loved, that they really are seen in the midst of crazy days where they feel alone. Mm-hmm. They're, they're not alone. Mm-hmm. Just pray that that would become a reality for them. Just really want to just bless parents in the name of Jesus. Amen. Mm-hmm.